What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalkInc.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with my Gothamites, Leo. Wait, wait. You said you're David from Real Talk? I think I, I think I may have seen something on Instagram hyping a David from Real Talk. <laughs> if you're the same David from Real Talk, it is an honor to be on this podcast with you, sir. I um I am that David. <laughs> uh, it, for anyone unaware, um, I was quoted on a Batman promotion yesterday, and it was pretty surreal. Um, if I would have told my round five-year-old self that watching Batman 89 that I'd be in a promo for a Batman movie one day, I'd probably call him a lying sack of shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty surreal. Uh, so yes, this, that is the same David. And oh, Leo, you how Yo. are you, good friend? <laughs> Good, good, good. Just, you know, trying to stay positive after visiting Gotham and it's very depressing. So I, I, I think, you know, I'm, I, I had a lot of positives about my time in Gotham. Um, it was a fun ride, uh, a fun ride to hell uh, that we were going to talk about a little later. Uh, and Ryan. I'm back. And Joe. No. <laughs> they no. like, I don't care. <laughs> and then a uh, very special guest joining us from the League of Cinephiles and also uh, Critic Circle, Mr. Jack. Yo, how you doing? How you doing? Welcome aboard, buddy. Welcome aboard. Uh, Jack was with us on the Oscar prediction show, Oscar nomination prediction show a few weeks back. He will be back also on the final prediction show where we will all be wrong about Best Actress. And um, <laughs> we will just, you know. Get everything else right because there's no way any of us are probably going to get that right. Um, yeah, twenty percent chance. Yeah, I. Uh, we only have two news items because we. I think for the first time ever, we're actually going to do a full review of a new film. I don't think we've ever done this before. Uh, we've kind of touched base on it, but never a full deep review of it. So this will be pretty fun, and we're also going to rank our Batman and our favorite performance outside of a Batman film from the guys that played Batman and. Um, batman films as a whole uh but before we get to that i have two news items i wanted to touch base on because yeah I, they seem pretty interesting and i'm glad jack is here now uh for this first one so fetty alvarez is set to direct a new alien film um we actually talked about that a few weeks ago right jack about alien um like the movie itself or the possibility of remaking yeah oh uh, well yeah we talked about alien and that's obviously in my top 20 favorite movies of all time uh, and once you pass the first two movies that's when the track record becomes a little spotty mm -hmm. so i'm i'm just a little nervous in general just because that franchise as a whole is kind of again its track record is somewhat hit and miss but I, i'll show me a trailer and you can change my mind so yeah i'm on the same boat i am a, being a big horror fan i know fetty alvarez directed the remake of evil dead and also he directed Don't Breathe. So those are v v a very good remake and a very uh, original horror film. I I like this. I think Ridley Scott has outworn his welcome sure. directing yeah. Alien films. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of happy that we're going to get a brand new voice to the, to the franchise. Um, so yeah, I'm actually 
optimistic about this. Uh, Leo, what about you? So I'm guessing this is not a continuation of Prometheus and the Prometheus verse. I <laughs> wish they would just eliminate Ellie Alien Covenant <laughs> and just go with a sequel to Prometheus because I actually really I may be one of the only people on planet Earth that really love Prometheus. Uh, it was good. I just that yeah, was good. Yeah, I just it I was just, it's a solid like middle ground mm-hmm. to like the two upper echelon and then the bottom of the pack. Ryan, what about you? Are you have you seen any of the aliens? I seen the first couple, but that's about it. Yeah, I am uh I love the first two, like Jack said, they're two masterpieces, and then I don't know. Then we have garbage and then we have <laughs> we have the Anderson I don't like directing the Alien versus Predator movies. I think it's Paul W. S. Anderson. So yeah, garbage. And then the last bit of news is Leo, I need you to help me with this one. Why do I? Why are they making me have to see a Craven movie? <laughs> no, so it's funny when you said you had news items. I'm like, what the hell is going on in, in like in movies? And then as you're talking, I'm like, wait a minute. Oh shoot, Craven did cast them, dude. I'm I I don't know. I don't know what Sony is trying to do by making all the Spider-Man villains into leads and sympathetic characters. Yeah, <laughs> you literally they literally smart booking. Um. It kind of reminds me of, and Jack will probably know this, when the Alex Garland trailer dropped the day after Jesse Buckley got her Academy Award nomination so they could mm. put Academy Award nominee Jesse Buckley on the trailer. Yeah. They, they cast Ariana DeBose with, the with I bet they know what's coming in three weeks. So now they have, they could put Academy Award winner Ariana DeBose in a fucking mm-hmm. Craven movie. Pretty, pretty interesting. It's great casting because I think Calypso in the comic books is like either Haitian or of some type of like mm-hmm. a Caribbean type of nationality. So I'm like, you know what? It's it's fantastic casting. You you met it. She's about to go freaking red hot in Hollywood. Um, so yeah, but I don't know. I don't know why Calypso or Chameleon or Craven are about to be protagonists or. They they heard all the shit you talked about Sony over the past few years, and they decided to try to get to trying to get you to 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 commit. I don't know who Spider Man's gonna fight in the Sony verse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, what about you? What do you think? It's interesting because it's like you know we've gone so many years of getting the hero movie, hero movie, hero movie. Now Sony's like, no, fuck you. We're getting the villain movie, villain movie, villain movie. (laughs) I just think because they don't own any other heroes. (laughs) They have no choice but to go villain (laughs) for villain. Um, Um, And it's interesting to see like what what the, uh, not, and I hate to use this term, but what the end game really is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, the, The end game for me is they want to have a Rose Gallery ready for Miles Morales. Okay. That's what I yeah. think. And then uh, Alessandro Navalli, who played Dickie Maltesanti in The Many Saints of Newark, was also cast in Craven just yesterday. So, yeah. Uh, Jack, did, did, they say, did, did they say that which role? He's going to oh, play the vi- uh, quote. He's playing the villain. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's the That was the big thing. It's that not only did we confirm all these villains are in this movie, we got another now villain. they cast the actual <laughs> villain for <Yeah>. the villains. <laughs> Jack, any comment on this one? Uh, yeah, that last casting makes me really happy. I Same actually really like, I really like Many Saints of Newark, and there's a lot. I definitely hope that uh, he and also Michael Gandolfini both like get more roles in the future. So I definitely think that was good casting. Agreed. And I'm then excited to see it. this wasn't on the agenda, but since Jack is here, I'm going to ask him what he thought about SAG. 
Oh. Yeah, that's, um... Yeah, I don't, I don't buy Jessica Chastain. Okay. I okay. really don't. That's all I need yeah, to know. I, 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 I don't think... I think we, we can go into that in our Oscar conversation, because mm-hmm. it's going to be a long one, but... I don't think I'm picking her to win, even though I know Neither that SAG is kind of like the best correlator. There's, I I'm just gonna I say I don't think they're going fourth before this year. I don't think so either. Um, I think, and I I I'm gonna. It may be very against what I do, especially Neil's Leo is a, Leo and I are very big sports fans, and we're we're mm-hmm. pretty much stats aficionados. We like live by stats. Um, I I want I I think I'm going Kristen. I think I might too. I yeah. And that would be it, 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 breaking every stat like ever in the history of the Oscar that that happens. March Madness, it, it, baby, tis the time. If, if one of if one of the other three, if one of the other four had gotten into BAFTA, I would have been a lot more confident. Mm-hmm. Best actress, like even if we had different winners across the board, but just since just since nominations where they matter haven't been lining up, it's just it's a it's a shit show. But and at anyone, le- at, the only person who I I don't think you could you could convince me Penelope Cruz is winning, but I think any of the other four, they could get called. I'm just like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have, wouldn't have known. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and sure. then and then before we move on to what we watched, um, the uh, Will Smith is going to win the Oscar, and I'm very happy for him. I, yeah, yeah. I, I I think unless some like unless Benedict Cumberbatch gets a BAFTA boost. And it becomes like a Glenn Close, uh, Olivia, Olivia Coleman situation. I think, yeah, Will Smith is running the distance. Yep, can't wait for that. All right, and then that's all the news. Uh, before we get into the bat and we take a trip to Gotham, uh, do you have any highlights? I have two highlights of this, some some stuff that I saw this week. Uh, Leo, do you have anything you want to highlight? Uh, some highlights just because it, it. I had to do some studying or some like back research for for pattinson before we did our performances list Mm -hmm. so um i ended up watching good time the rover and how to be um and it really gave me like a really broad idea of pattinson's capabilities other than lighthouse do you do you (laughs) see what i've been talking about for years now about Pattinson? no no absolutely like it's and it's it's fantastic work definitely recommend people to get a chance to watch especially now that he's batman um, and he's a fantastic Batman. Um, but yeah, how to be um, good time and the Rover or like the main film highlights, uh, TV highlights. Uh, I caught up on the new Vikings TV show, Vikings Valhalla on Netflix. And uh, the, I ended up watching the animated thing on, on Amazon for the boys. The boys presents diabolical, a little like mini anthology animated series. Nice. It was all right. But I mean, who cares? We're yeah. really here because I watched the Batman. And oh yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> Ryan, what about you? Anything? Um, I did my homework. Titan. 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 Oh yeah. So Jack. So Ryan's more like the way we set it up is Ryan's kind of more of the casual film goer. So we have sure. like we yeah. have an exam like a test we do every week, and I give him like really difficult films to watch. And this week's assignment was Tatan. So, Ryan, oh, t- God. take it away. What do you think of Tatan? What the fuck did you make me watch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I, it's not the weirdness and it's not anything like that. I, I don't know. Like, I, it, 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 what, it's a what the fuck. <laughs> I mean, Tatan for me, and I think Jack, 
Jack, I love Jack's commentary when we were chatting offline when he was watching Titan. I view Titan, me being a horror fan, I think it is a horror film, but I also think it's a very hard family drama about loss, about yeah. how to deal with um, responsibility for your child's loss. Is is it your fault he died? That, well, spoiler alert, Leo never watches, so don't worry about that. <laughs> um, so for anyone that hasn't seen it, you can fast forward a little bit here, but does uh, the father blame himself for his, his son's loss? I think he knows that uh, she is not his son, but he doesn't care. And you obviously see that yeah. when he realized when he finds out that he is a she and also just says, you know what? I don't care if you're a woman or a man. To me, you are family. And I think that's what the movie's touching on. It's not just a mm-hmm. yes, the movie's extremely graphic, but I think there's a deeper meaning to it. And that's why that movie works so well for me and continues to be one of my favorite films from last year. Um, Leo, did I convince you? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Anything else, Ray? Uh, don't look up. Uh, very interesting. Uh, Just be honest. Be honest, because I I think Jack and I and Leo we've all seen it, so I think we have com- different opinions on this. No, yeah. I actually no, I actually did enjoy. It. I thought it was really well done. Um, I'm try- I'm really trying not to give my normal. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> I dug it. It's good. We, we, you dug it. It's good. Um, but no, like I think with I think Don't Look Up is probably the most divisive Os- Best Picture nominee, and I think in a f- probably since Green Book. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, I, I definitely another nominated with another Adam McKay movie. Yeah, ironically, yeah. So I can see that you know if you you liked it, but you weren't over the moon about it, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um. And two last things. I watched Clerk, the documentary. Let me ask you, you're as much of a Smith fan as I am. I thought the documentary was very good, but I don't think they told us anything you and I specifically didn't know. I didn't know that much about the Mosier stuff. But I, then again, I never really dove into Mosier. Got it. Okay. Um, so the Mosier stuff, that was interesting. Or maybe I did know and I forgot it. That could also be it. Um, forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, I watched, and I think this is a good segue, Injustice. Ooh. I heard it's really bad. God, <laughs> that softball. Okay, cool. All right, so I, I, I had heard that. All right, and then for me, uh, well, now that Jack's here, he's a f- aficionado of, like, classic film, too. So I've been catching up on Best Picture winners from yesteryear, like, really Really yeah. yesteryear. So I saw All Quiet on the Western Front. That movie has not aged well at all. Yeah. Although, yeah. I mean, it was released in 1930, so they probably did not know how to make war films in 1930. I saw Mutiny on the Bounty. Boy, that has not, not aged well at all. <laughs> um, I saw Marty. I don't know how that won Best Picture, Jack. I have no yeah. idea. What was that, 56? 56, yeah. Okay. Um, I saw Gentleman's Agreement. I didn't like it. I don't, I don't know. It was fine. And it wasn't anything that I, it just shocked me. Um, I saw the best years of our lives, which is incredible. I, yeah, yeah, that's one of the the few like early best pictures that I'm like, that holds up and is still a very good decision. Maybe not the one I would have voted for that year because I think you're on the same train as me. Mm -hmm. But tell everybody what it was. 
It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. 1946 nominated for like seven Oscars. It didn't win one. Um, but yeah, had the ballots go out today, that probably would have been a different outcome. I, but- I agree. I And just to give you an idea of what it is, what's about Leo, it's uh, basically how these three guys that were in World War II, they come back and try to live their lives. And it touches on how one deals with PTSD, how the other one deals with alcoholism, and the other one just deals. He lost both his hands, and how he deals with living in the normal world now. Uh, I and the and the guy that uh, I'm going to look up his name because I am not going to disrespect the guy. Um, the his name was Harold Russell. That was the first person to win an Oscar who was not an actor. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. So I remember he, reading. I think I remember reading that. So he wants. What well, was he? Was uh, he an actual I, soldier? Yeah, I think he was a soldier. And okay. after that, wow. he did a lot of charity work. So I think he only did like two more roles in his career, and he mm. won the Oscar for that. So oh, that's awesome. And it's a very good performance. It's not like an undeserving Oscar. Uh oh man. Then I saw Patton. <laughs> I, I I was gonna write. Uh, we were. I guess I can say this because it got taken out, but I had an idea for a trivia question. And it was, what was the first actor to turn down an Os- their Oscar win? George because C. Scott. A lot of people might want to answer with Marlon Brando, but a couple years prior, George C. Scott did it first. I didn't like Patton at all. Yeah. It is. His performance was really good. I agree. I like George C. Scott a lot because I, <laughs> well, we, I guess I'll touch on that whenever my turn comes around, but yep. I watched him in a movie this past week or so that I really liked him in. So I also saw Chariots of Fire for the first time. <laughs> I, yeah. I fell asleep three times. That movie is a chore. It's just, it it's I, guys like, I, and Leo and Ryan know, like I love sports films. I can watch any sports film. It just is about yep. the Olympics. I'm like, let's go. Yeah. It is so boring. <laughs> it is yep. so boring. And, like, my plan is to watch every single Best Picture winner. So, like, I'm almost there. I need, like, 19 to go. So, I own it. I don't think I'm ever watching Chariots of Fire ever again. It is <laughs> insanely boring. And the the Best Picture winner I wanted to finish off with was I Gandhi. Um, I liked it. I'm shocked that I liked it as much as I did. I did it. Uh-huh. I, I saw the, the three-hour runtime, and I'm like, oh, man. Uh, how interesting is this going to be? And it's actually very intriguing. Like I, I dug it a lot. Uh, it's not better than ET, but um, yeah, that that's it, that's definitely for me what like Dances with Wolves and Goodfellas are. Like I actually like Dances with Wolves, so do I. but is it better than Goodfellas? No, no shot. No and then shot. some new films. I saw Turning Red, the new Pixar movie that's coming out on Friday. Uh, Middle tier Pixar. I like okay. it better than Luca. I think Pixar knows and Disney knows what they have coming in June as their Oscar player will with first man the animated film so they're probably just waiting on that and then uh, i saw the adam project the new ryan reynolds uh mark ruffalo movie uh i loved it i absolutely loved it it is i'm still under full review embargo but i could give my reaction uh i like it better than free guy it's same director as free guy ryan reynolds is great mark ruffalo is great and it knows it doesn't it knows not to oversee it's welcome it's only 100 minutes and it's very heartfelt uh father-son relationship type of thing i don't want to spoil too much but it does have a lot of heart so yeah jack anything you want to highlight hmm uh so firstly like i mentioned um this past week it's always been on my radar because i love this director and i've seen 
bits and pieces of it, but I never actually, like, it's been a while since I at least sat down and watched the whole thing. So I watched Doctor Strange Love this past week. Jack, do not disrespect Stanley Kubrick. I have, like, a stick in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to Kubrick. I really liked the movie. Um, would I put it up there amongst my favorites? Probably not. Okay, I'm out there. Because I'm every, everything that, or every person that I've read at least who really likes it said that they didn't like it at first. So I, mm. I don't take it as, like, alarming for me that I didn't. But there were definitely parts of it that I was like, oh, that is really funny. And other parts that I'm like, this was in the top three funniest movies on AFI's list. So it's definitely one that I'm going to go back to with age. Um, preparing for the um, for the Batman, I took it a little different route also. I, I rewatched The Incredibles just to get warmed up for Michael Giacchino's score this time around, which um, yeah. I've always loved it. I've always loved it, but I just, it hit me really hard this time because I was just like, I, I told you this, David, but I do think it's probably Pixar's best achievement when it comes to molding children's and adult entertainment. Because I do think anybody at any age could watch that and just get the same kick out of it. And then I watched um, the big Oscar movie for the week that I watched was Network for the first time. Yes! I talked to you oh, about it. I really like so that movie. So good, man. And you, you made a, such a good point that I'll bring up to you. As, uh, as the years pass by and a lot of people keep watching all their nominees from 1976, you wonder how Rocky won Best Picture. Yeah, I, I love Rocky. Same but- here. It, it's no taxi driver or network. Yep, I I've when we did a, a couple of years ago, we did a worst best picture winners, and Rocky was on my list, and I got a lot of flack for it. I'm like, but do you see what was there? <laughs> like mm-hmm. just taxi driver alone. I'm like, and then and then the fact that you have network there, and it's like, ah, come on, man. It, it's a similar. Th- it it's not to the same like degree, but it's a similar thing with like Forrest Gump for me, where like I like Forrest Gump, but I definitely like the other two movies more. Yeah, I I listen. I may be alone on this. I may I maybe Jack, you've seen this. Uh, I actually think Quiz Show is better than Forrest Gump. That's fair. Yeah, I don't think Four Weddings and a Funeral is better than Forrest Gump though. But uh, but well, the other that was the fifth nominee. Right? That was the fifth nominee, the one that no one talks about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that wraps up what we saw. I guess it's time for um, a little trip to Gotham City. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's fucking go so i'm gonna do things a little different here we're actually gonna start with overall thoughts on the film and then we're just gonna dive into different things favorite scenes and moments we're gonna talk about characters we're just gonna have a a a grand old bat time here um i'll kick it off because i saw it three weeks ago with a press screening and then i saw it again uh with a regular crowd so i kind of wanted to give you perspective on both ends so the press screening it was about 13 of us and it's very quiet no real clapping or anything along those lines until the credits rolled and everyone just like gave a giant round of applause for the movie i immediately fell in love with it and the authenticity to the comic book and we're gonna get into like that level of authenticity that the movie brings seeing it with a crowd was a very interesting thematic experience because i think people walked into the i saw it in the imax in lincoln square in new york and I think people wanted to take this movie in like Avengers. Let's cheer at every single moment. And the movie starts off that way when you first see Batman and um, which, by the way, him walking with those boots, making that sound sounds like an old cowboy in the West. And um, I love that. But they cheered for his first appearance. 
And then as the movie progressed, you see a change. You see people just like literally just I'm taking everything in. There is so much I got to sit here and and take, which is such an interesting experience with a comic book film. Um, I think this film is Batman 89 is always going to hold a special place in my heart. And it's the most important comic book film of all time. I'm not going to get into it. There's podcasts about it and, and so on and so forth. I think this is the, the this is the best Batman film of all time. It's not better than The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight for me is still the better film, but yeah, yeah. there has never been a movie that has captured Batman from the comics to the screen better than this movie. And that's kind of where I will start the conversation. Uh, Leo, I'll get I'll hand it to you. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic way to open it. I think that's exactly what I felt too was um, and it's like it's been the progression, right? Batman 89 was like the foundation to this world of making it darker after Adam West's Batman made it too light. Um, and then Nolan's Batman comes in and like, hey, it's comic book, but this can also happen and it's more grounded. It's more realistic. And now here we are with like a noir type of like detective film that is even more grounded and more gritty. Um, I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, but I, just like you mentioned, it's not, it's unlike anything Marvel has ever done. So to go into this expecting a Marvel superhero movie is not the right approach. Um, I do think that Batman comic readers, Batman animated series fans may like it more than the typical comic book moviegoer that Marvel has trained in a certain way. Um, but I, I thought it was fantastic. I think it's got so many highlights, performances, the, the score, which I know we're going to talk about later. Um, I loved it. Ryan, what about you? Um, you guys are saying the best. Uh, I enjoy it the hell out of it. It was, it's a very interesting experience. Um, uh, sorry. I lost my train. Come back to me. Yeah, we'll come back to you, Jack. <laughs> what are your yeah. So round one and round two. What are your for, okay. for your thoughts? So I want to preface my thoughts with this. I'm not a comic book movie guy, straight straight up. Like I I didn't grow up with comic books. Like I do like a lot of comic book movies, but they're like not really my thing for the most part. Um, and on and on top of that. Just also the, I guess I would almost call it like oversaturation of them in like the market and social media. So like, I don't, I haven't felt hype for a superhero movie in a while, but this one was different. So I don't, I don't think I've ever been there opening day, first showtime for a superhero movie, but that's what I was for Batman and it freaking rocked. I was a little nervous of the runtime because Typically, like, the other superhero movies I've seen with, like, run runtimes comparable to that, like, there have been some, like, story issues or plots or, like, points in the plot where they kind of lose me. But not this one. This one was just streamlined all the way through. Like, you've got one point it takes you to the very end. Like, you're with Batman the whole time, so there's no side plots, really, or anything like that. And seeing it the second time, it was more true. I thought, upon rewatch, the runtime flew by even faster. Yep. So, yeah, I thought this rocked. Yeah, same. Uh, I was weary. I mean, despite it being a 
being a Batman movie, I was weary of the runtime too. But I, you know, the second time, actually, I agree with you. I the runtime felt like even faster than the first. So, um, moving on to from our overall thoughts to some of the favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, I'm gonna try not to copy anyone, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna go first this time. Um, I'll kick it off with Ride. Do you have any favorite scenes in the movie you want to touch on? Um, so full on spoilers, I guess. Oh yeah, um, from now on, spo- spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Everything okay, is spoilers. I want to sure. um, say the once the Riddler's plan came to fruition with the floods, like that scene on like i don't know why like that stood out to me like like holy shit the villain's actually gonna win for a sec (laughs) i I do think he does win i think if you really look at it because he has this line to talk about getting he wants to rid gotham you know change gotham from the cesspool of a city and he literally puts gotham in a cesspool which is which is which is a great parallel to what he really wants to do. So that's a that's a great scene, Ryan. Do you have anything else, or just that like, one for now? It's not really a scene, but it's the fact that they made uh, Selena Carmine's uh, kid. That I love. Um, yeah, those are two main things I can come off the top of my head. All right, cool. Um, yeah, that one's straight from the Long Halloween too. The yep. her being his kid mm-hmm. is from the Long Halloween. So, uh, for me, actually, no, I'm gonna go last. So, Jack, I'll hand it over to you. Okay, so I've I've written down five, and I think I've already sent these to you. So, <laughs> these are in no particular order. These are just by stories. So, you got the opening narration slash the subway fight. Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. that was just incredible. I was smiling the whole time and. I'm sure I'll I'll reiterate this whenever we talk about Robert Pattinson, but that was, I think, I I kept saying to myself during the movie, I was like, that's Batman. Like, that, and that was just one of the moments where I was doing it the most. Um, The bar fight, the first time he goes to the bar, dressed as Batman. Um, (laughs) Dave, I sent you, I found the song. Yes. That that made me so happy. Um, The card chase, I don't need to say anything about that. Back. It's just awesome. Alfred's bedside talk with Bruce Wayne. I I was almost crying in the theater with that. That was such a powerful moment. And then the last one, which is probably my favorite scene in the movie, Batman interrogating the Riddler. That that scene was just so unnerving. And I was waiting for the point where he was just going to pull that ace out of his sleeve. And surely enough, he just started singing Ave Maria instead. The before I move on to Leo to touch on, I I had that in my list, but since you said it, I'll I'll use it some other stuff. Um, what I love about that scene specifically is that it's all Pattinson's eyes during that scene because he's trying. He as soon as the Riddler starts saying Bruce Wayne's name, mm-hmm. you see you see our uh, Batman's eyes like, does he know who I am or yeah, does he no. not know who I am? And that until he s- starts saying Bruce Wayne should have been should have been next or something along those lines, that's when he starts. All right, he doesn't know He's who like, I oh, am. Yeah. Let's let's just like let's keep going with this interrogation. I I think that is fantastic. And that Ava Maria line could have been a joke in theaters, but Dano is so goddamn terrifying during that scene that you're just like, no, this guy's. This guy's yeah, nuts. He, he's out there. Yep, he is. He knows what he's doing, but he is straight up out there. Uh, I had called it the best interrogation scene since The Dark Knight. 
Um, since the other interrogation yeah, since the other interrogation <laughs> scene. Uh, that one does work better for obvious reasons. Uh, Heath Ledger. Um, but yeah, this that is absolutely up there. Leo, what what about you? What do you have? Oh man, so I love Jack. The the yeah that opening narration like October thirty first. Like oh my mm-hmm. oh this is gonna be like this internal this monologue, baby. Fantastic. Finally, internal <laughs> monologue. Oh, that journaling. Yeah, right there. I'm like oh this is gonna be like a comic book on screen. Like we're gonna see what the actual protagonist is thinking. Love it. Um, I love the um the the intro or the the first visual of um of the Riddler where it's all pitch black. And the TV is like glimmering, and then you see like the um, I think he's the commissioner, but he moves. The and mayor. The, TV's, the mayor. The mayor. He moves, and then you see like the reflection of the. He's like, oh crap! He's literally right behind him. That set the whole horror movie, met, like, I guess, um, feeling to me. Mm-hmm. It's like okay. Um, another favorite scene is anything Colin Farrell was in. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> literally anything. Can I ask you guys if you? Did not know that was Colin Farrell. Would you think that was Colin Farrell? No, no. shot. Yeah. No, no. I, I watched him. I watched him on Hot Ones for the first time, um, and it was the first time I had actually seen him like in the flesh, or like thought about him and thought about what he actually looked like. And I was just like, "Really? That's him?" No, because not even like in the face. Like their time, like with Jared Leto, I could tell like that was Jared Leto in House of Gucci, but I could not tell that was. He reminded me out of a character from The Godfather, like like a hybrid of Clemenza and Salazzo. If you guys know Godfather characters, that's who he reminded me of. Yes, Um, yeah, but anything Colin Farrell was in his Penguin was amazing. I loved it. Um, So, so does he replace Danny DeVito? (laughs) I mean, yeah, because this is like a true to fact mob boss Penguin. That that honestly, and kudos to Robin Lord Taylor on the Gotham TV show for being the first iteration of a mob-related penguin. Um, but yeah, this was a my definitely yeah. I think he's I think he's number one penguin-wise. And honestly, just um the Iceberg Lounge. I was geeking out for anything comic book related at this point because I realized like because and I think Dave, this is something that you and I always talk about when we review Fox Marvel and Sony Marvel is when the the creators of the film pay homage to the actual source material like i'm in love like that shows passion behind the project passion behind the characters so yeah iceberg lounge i was like oh shoot this is gonna be we get to see it on screen but those are my 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 top moments cool so for me um i have a few here so i wanted to touch on the opening of the film um it reminded me a lot of a lot of hitchcockian uh tropes in terms of like you put Hitchcock was known to put the camera in the eyes of the first person view so you see what the Riddler is seeing where he's stalking the mayor and his family at the beginning of the movie very reminds me uh, very rear window very um, I think it was family plot or topaz one of his later films that he does a lot of this type of filmmaking also um, he Shout out to The Godfather. I mentioned before, I talked to Jack about this. The song that Johnny Fontaine sings at the mm-hmm. beginning of Godfather 1 is actually in the movie and in the Iceberg Lounge. Uh, I've had one dream. This, this I have one heart. One heart. This heart. I, uh, uh, I also wanted to touch on a little bit on the bedside scene for a specific reason. I think this is the first Batman movie 
where Batman at the beginning of the movie is a completely different person at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When you first hear, you know, you hear the I am vengeance line in the trailer. It's a very great, cool line. But in terms of the use in the movie, it's who he feels he has to be to accomplish what he needs to do in Gotham. He does not care about Bruce Wayne. He cares only about, uh, he calls it the Gotham project when he writes in his notebook. Yeah. Um, he, he, I think he feels that's what he has to do. And then when you get to the end of the movie where he's carrying, Batman's actually rescuing people in this movie, unlike other Batman movies. <laughs> he's literally carrying people, which is a beautiful shot of Greg Frazier's cinematography. We'll talk about it later where he's carrying like these Gothamites to the helicopter. Like that is, that is Batman. That is absolutely Batman. Um, but the scene in the hospital, I don't think he ever looked at Alfred until the moment where he thought he was going to lose him as family. Yes. He, he kept saying, you're not my father. Oh, my, you're not a Wayne. Why did my father give you cufflings? So, so, so on and so <laughs> forth. But at the moment where he thought he was going to lose Alfred and that handhold where they hold hands at the end, it's like, all right, he finally realizes that this guy is more of a father figure than anyone in his life. So he needs to start treating him as such. Uh, mm-hmm. I suspect while there is a take, there is like a flaw that I feel like Andy Serkis is not used as much as I would like because he's so great. I do think that that relationship is going to continuously build. Uh, mm-hmm. What other scenes do I have here? Real quick, yes. while we're talking about Alfred's, like we have never gotten a bad Alfred. No, we haven't. That's a good yeah. point. That is a very good point. <laughs> like good old Michael Go had McGregor syndrome. He kicked out and um, <laughs> and, and did his thing. Uh, that's a good point, right? I but yeah, the car chase, the the conversation that I mentioned before, the opening. Uh, did I miss anything? Mm, no. Oh, of course, the 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 funeral scene. Oh, that Ooh, score yeah. during I mean, that scene, that, that's, dude. That's my number six, probably. I've, probably Is that, top. Are you? Well, go ahead, go ahead, Jack. Are, are you like the whole like the whole thing? Everything. Like, just okay. yeah, just yeah, yeah. from. Like uh, Leo and I, we're gonna get into it when we dive into character. We had it like off. The, not we didn't get into too detail because I wanted to save it for here about Bruce Wayne. And I yep. love this version of Bruce Wayne because I've seen uh, not Leo, but I've seen other folks just say like they didn't really like this portrayal of Bruce Wayne. But for me, he doesn't know how to be Bruce Wayne yet. Yeah. He has yeah. no yeah. idea. To him, Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person. And in that scene at the funeral. He is more Batman than Bruce Wayne when he is Bruce Wayne because what he's yeah. doing with his eyes, he is literally examining every little person that's at that funeral. And that scene works so well in the lead up to where the car crashes and also the the Riddler is terrifying in that scene on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like it is What is it about Batman villains and like posting videos of themselves in shaky cam? Yeah. <laughs> it works. It just it, ju- it just works. Um but yeah, in terms of scenes, that's probably another standout that we did not mention. Uh moving on from there. Oh the the Arkham scene was Oh yeah, that's up there. Oh, Wait, no. oh yeah. So, <laughs> well no, I was saving that for the character because I did okay. not I have a lot to say about that. So we're right. gonna, we're gonna touch on that. Um let me see. All right, now we get to. Oh wait, Dave. Yes, I think you'll catch this. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, go ahead. We're gonna get to it uh, during the funeral scene. I don't know if it was on purpose, but I know I kind of geeked out when um, Gordon interrupts the mayor to talk to him about what's going on with Coulson because it reminded me a lot of Batman '89 during the the banquet scene at the very beginning, where um, they come to tell him that um, that Jack is 
in breaking into the chemical. Yes, yes. He's like, Mr. Mayor, it's, it's like it's Colson again. I'm like, oh, wait, this is like it's very similar to that original scene. I'm like, oh, that's that's cute. That's it, cute. It's funny. There is someone that uh, Jack mentioned in our chat that sounded like Frank Pantangeli from The Godfather Part Two. It, <laughs> it was a guy from Chernobyl, right, Jack? Yes. Yeah, yes. He was. Yeah, he sounded. He sounded very similar. I'm gonna have to confirm it. So, go. <laughs> going into each character here, I'm gonna start yeah. with more of the lesser used characters so what did you guys think of peter skarsgård as gil colson and i want to preface this by saying that it's great to see that the two greatest batman movies are linked to maggie gyllenhaal because peter skarsgård is maggie gyllenhaal's husband (laughs) (laughs) so i'll kick it off with ryan on this one what do you think of uh he plays gil colson the pretty much the guy that has to answer the riddles in the funeral Um, the da essentially the da the da yeah I honestly don't have two thoughts. On, he wasn't a character I had two thoughts on whatsoever. Like he was well done. Yeah, I mean, uh, for Peter, for Peter Scar, anytime I see Peter Skarsgård on my screen, I I yeah. am like all in. Um, Jack, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, well, definitely one of my my favorite like individual moments of the movie. Not scenes is like that last riddle and he's just like nope nope because yes. that instantly is just like that that's the final like hook for the rest of the story it's like now what's this about and uh, that was that was definitely like a sit up in your moment like or sit up in your chair kind of moment like hmm so yeah he was definitely one of my favorites and his whole scene in the nightclub with uh with selena with selena kyle was also really good leo what about you so jack for me it was the second riddle because as he's answering Riddler's oh, yeah. riddle, Batman's trying to interrogate him, too. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? He's like, he didn't ask me that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think he handles that scene really well. Um, yeah. yeah, just the whole stuff. Just even though he was used minimally, I, I thought it was very effective when he was Came on the screen. Yeah. Uh, Andy Serkis, Ryan pretty much nailed it. I There's never been a bad Alfred. I don't think that this will this will continue. I mean, I, I mean, I think this will continue. I apologize. Andy Serkis is great. I mean, there's there's nothing else you can say there. I will say this this one did have something a little different from the other Alfreds, and and I don't know if he meant it like facetiously or really, but when he said he was supposed to protect Thomas and Martha, I feel like this one might be a little bit more combat ready than Alfred's prior. You're right because he did say that he trained Bruce. Yes, so, so that's, like, that's this a good might point. Be a little different, yeah. And I will say we're not going to touch on the Waynes too much, but the only thing I will say is that interesting that no one is a hundred percent sure who killed the waynes because falcone says he's not a hundred percent sure and neither is alfred so i wonder if there's a group of owls somewhere that that um (laughs) that are responsible for the murder of the waynes but we'll get to that hopefully in the sequels um and some theories uh for me one of the most interesting characters was Carmine Falcone, and John Totoro came yep. to play. He Ooh, understood the assignment. I, d- I will say sometimes he took it to like an 11, but I did not care. <laughs> uh, I think I like that he was in more than Pingy because this is his only movie. So I, I'm glad that they gave him the, his, the arc that he had. And I thought he was great. I yeah. thought he was fantastic. Leah, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, he's a perfect blend of like malice and creepiness. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a very awesome like yeah, he did a great great performance. Nothing 
nothing to to, to negative to say. I think he did fantastic. Ryan, what about you? Oh, again, nothing bad to say. Great job at Falcone. Uh, really brought the character to life. Yeah, I agree. I think Falcone is an interesting character to say in the Batman lore. I don't think mm-hmm. he's seen as much as I would like in the, in the live action yeah. versions of him. So I'm glad. I think this is a much better use of him than in Batman Begins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And then Jack, what do you think? Yeah, I thought he was awesome. And then on top of his like malice and creepiness, he also had a bit of just like I, I guess that he would just call like he was very sure of himself. Like he yeah. kind of always like he was all he was always like I'm the smartest person in the room. It kind of gave me vibes of like Crease in Cobra Kai. Yes. How like you know, he, he always just kind of feels like he's just one step ahead of everybody else. So yeah, I I definitely really liked how he was used, and I love John Totoro. So yeah, mm-hmm. same same here. All right, this is going to be an interesting conversation because of how we feel about, at least how I feel about a specific Jim Gordon. But next up is Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. So I think Jeffrey Wright is excellent in this. The only thing I will say is that I don't feel he could get anything done without Batman's help. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think that, like, Batman is literally, like, although he is really hilarious... This movie is not funny, but it's also really funny because I love mm-hmm. his dark, the uh, the thumb drive, <laughs> and then Jeffrey Wright's re- reaction is like, "Oh, this guy's hilarious." That shit had me dying in the theater both times that I watched it. Um, yeah, that's the only complaint I would have. It's very minor. I do love that, unlike Pat Hingle and Michael Keaton, this is they do develop the fact that Batman and Gordon are partners. Yeah. They work on everything together here. Uh, they're the only two that trust each other in Gotham City in terms of the policing of Gotham City. Um, I just, I just wish you know Gordon did any Batman for everything. <laughs> like, did did Gordon solve any of the no on his own? no right? Batman? <laughs> Literally, the thumb. The, it's funny. The first time I saw it, I didn't notice. Then the second time I saw it, I'm like, oh well, yeah, Batman answered this one. And then oh, there's the thumb drive. There's Batman again. <laughs> he literally figured out the rat on his own too. Like. But I, I, yeah. I, by the next movie, I suspect Gordon will be commissioner, and then maybe I'm sure you know I'm sh- he's great. I Jeffrey Wright is great in everything. So yeah, um, Leo, any thoughts on Jeffrey Wright? No, I thought it was fantastic. I love the the dynamic that they that they, they're showing in this in this film, the partnership that you mentioned. Um, I yeah, I think Wright is just a phenomenal actor. I think the look is perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. And I know that, you know, we, we live in a very hyper vigilant, hypersensitive world of race and and changing uh, things from the books and stuff. But I think this was done remarkably well. No one should have any complaints. Hopefully he's my um, second favorite Gordon after. It, OK, after uh, Gary Oldman, after Gary Oldman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I didn't give a shit about the race change. Um, he, he did an excellent job as. Gordon, but you're 100 right. He, unless he, that was part of his job, is to show how much he needs Batman. Because holy shit, did he show how much he needs Batman? Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm punching the face from Batman to show how much he needed Batman. <laughs> yeah. He's he's lieutenant. I mean, you should know some stuff. Uh, but yeah. Jack, what about you? Any other thoughts on Jeffrey Wright? Uh, nothing new to add. He was phenomenal. All right, I, and- I really like their dynamic. Now we're gonna go to uh. Two villains here. Uh, we're going to start with Colin Farrell. Um, wow. 
Wow. Oh my god. Um, he's the one that's getting an uh, an HBO Max show, right? And I I want twenty episodes, and I hate twenty episode shows. Just I. I like this too, though, like all jokes aside, because I think this is going to transition him very well to be the kingpin when the new Batman movie comes in. Yes. I think this is actually, this was, good. I, I hope this is more of a Soprano style, like James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano pretty much, he wasn't the, the, the boss com- officially in the beginning and he kind of yeah. rose. I, I hope this is what this series, this limit, I don't know if it's limited probably. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. Everything about the voice, especially, was fantastic. He really blended in. A character from the godfather and the sopranos he was and he was very funny he was pretty hilarious uh <laughs> when he uh when he was uh tied up he waddled like a penguin yep, when yep, he was yep, walking yep, away yep. i loved it also the when gordon is showing him the picture he's like oh why are you showing me that um, <laughs> the um when batman is showing him the picture he's and he plays stupid but in a more condescending like, way i might have seen that yeah yeah well, he's like that's the mayor yeah the mayor <laughs> um and of course, him in the probably one of the most iconic scenes of the movie in the the Batmobile chase. I think chase. I mm-hmm. thought he was really good there. But yeah, I I love that he wasn't in it a lot because it just makes you crave for him to be to rise in power and be essentially one of the next big bosses in in the franchise. Jack, I'll kick it off with you here. Thoughts on Colin? Well, you didn't mention what I consider to be his best line in the movie. Take it easy, sweetheart. sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Anytime he wasn't on screen, I wish he was. He's yes. so entertaining. Um, I'm happy that, I, or at least I presume he's going to be in the follow-up movies because he's alive at the end of it. So, yeah, I think any, anytime he was on... I, I'm trying to... There's a villain that he reminded me of where it was kind of the similar things that applied to Falcone. But on top of that further, like, sureness of himself is just, like, kind of that, like, everything's a joke. And just, like, absurd, like, oh, maybe you are right. I did see him. And just, like, always just, like, fucking with people. It was, like, Dick Tracy um, or some, something all like that. <laughs> and I, yeah. I kind of like that this version of Oz is pretty much disrespected by everyone in the criminal world. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that he, which help, probably is going to help him become what he eventually becomes as a, the crime boss. So I, I dug this a lot. Ryan, any thoughts on Colin Farrell? Nothing that you guys haven't already said. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> now yeah, I think Colin. I think Colin. And the, so he, I, I'm going to put my stamp on this. Yep. One. This is where I lay my flag. He's my best supporting in this. In this really, movie. Wow. I, I, I know we're going to go over the next one next. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like Jack hit it on the head. Like when he wasn't on screen, I wanted more of him. And like, and the performance is unrecognizable. Makeup was fantastic. Accent was fantastic, but. To me, he would have been he he was my best supporting of in the movie. So for me, it's the person we're about to talk to, Paul Dano as Edward Nashton, the Riddler. Um, <laughs> this is the best performance by a villain in a Batman movie since Heath Ledger, and I don't I I don't think it's close. To be honest with you, I think it, it, the top two are leagues mm-hmm. away from everybody. Uh, Here's the question: Would you say Batman movies, or where would you put them in the comic book movie? Dano. Okay, so Ledger. Because I think they're. If we're talking comic book movies, I think they're both probably top five. Yes. Yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm thinking because Marvel has so much. I'm literally trying to run through every single Marvel movie in my head right now. It's really only Killmonger and And Thanos. Thanos. That's it. Yep. I mean, I'd also throw like Green Goblin up there, or yeah. But I think Dano's. I think Dano's better. 
Octane was way better, yeah. So what I like outside of the fact that this is not Jim Carrey, I've always felt like with Batman <laughs> I've always felt with Batman Forever and for you guys, you you know, we've all seen these movies. I think where Schumacher and Warner Brothers screwed up with Batman Forever outside of a lot of things is the fact that they did not let Jim Carrey become the Riddler. They made the Riddler become Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. It became just Jim Carrey doing Jim Carrey rather than him playing an actual character. That's... Can, can I say something yeah, about go Jim for Carrey? It. Yep. Okay, so people can call me crazy if they want, but I truly stand by this. And I think that had he not been known as a comedic actor, I think Jim Carrey could have been a really cool alternate for Jack Torrance in The Shining. I think that he, I think that he's got some whole capabilities, but people just can't look past it because he's already got this predetermined image of yeah. hilarious. But I think he could do some of his stuff and make it genuinely terrifying if he didn't have that. Do you know what? When you look version. at it, the Truman Show is a very terrifying concept. So I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. You, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's a terrifying concept, and it's exactly the, the world we live in nowadays. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, Dave, Dave, yeah. it's an, a good call out to mention, like just to kind of piggyback on your thought of like Jim Carrey and the Riddler and probably previous Riddlers. I remember reading this thing, like oh my gosh, years ago, of how Warner Brothers, one of the big, I guess, pitfalls they made with like the villains in the original Batman movies is after Jack Nicholson's Joker, they kind of made every villain a Joker version of that villain. Mm-hmm. So Riddler was like a Joker version of Riddler, very outgoing and flashy. Two Face, Tommy Lee Jones's second personality was a very jokery, flashy, outgoing. Good point. Then we even get to like freaking <laughs> your favorite, Mr. Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> but like this was a true, yeah, Riddler. So I, the reason I think he worked a lot for me was pretty much I'm gonna just use some of the stuff that I, some of the quotes that I use in my review. Uh like I don't feel like this is a let, let's poison the watering hole type of villain. I think this version of Riddler, he's manipulative, he's brilliant, he is psychotic, he, despite his psychotic nature, I feel like he's always in control of the situation and the narrative. Um, Every time GCPD or Batman finds something regarding a clue, the Riddler unloads another plot device that pretty much screws over the GCPD similar to the thumb drive as soon as they put the thumb on the thumb drive yep. everything is emailed in Gordon yep. under Gordon's email so I thought that was fantastic and then Dano brings such a, a of terror and fear to that character because my exact wording in, in that I had he is pretty much a he has an unassuming unassuming type persona like and look that when you see him, you're not going to say, oh, yeah, this guy is doing this and doing that. Um, I do want to add that the look of the Riddler, I think it's one of my favorite in a comic book film for the fact that every piece of that outfit that he wears is purposeful from the saran wrap on his head to the mask, to the gloves, to the giant jacket, everything fits. And people like were I saw people on social media just kind of before the movie came out, just critiquing the look. And I'm like, now that I saw the movie twice, I'm like, oh, yeah, everything. Everything is needed in that outfit. Um, and what put it over the top for me with Ledger is the interrogation scene. He is commanding the screen on an insanely unique level. And I will say I actually missed him a lot when he wasn't on the screen also. Like more than more than Penguin. And and that's saying a lot because Penguin is really so good in the movie. But 
yeah, Dano is Dano's something special. I don't know if he's going to get an Oscar nomination. We're going to talk about that a little later, but um, wouldn't hate it. Would not hate it. But yeah, uh, Leo, thoughts? No, I mean, it, yeah, he was a phenomenal villain. Very, very much like, uh, was it John Doe in Seven? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. definitely felt that he was two, three steps ahead of anyone that's trying to solve the crime, and everyone's just playing catch-up and, like, stumbling, fumbling around. He even has to give you extra little hints to help you catch up. Um, mastermind villain, I think, Jack, you're 100% right. Top five villain, like not even just DC versus Marvel or anything. That's just fantastic. He's one of the only ones that truly inspire like fear <laughs> other than like Ledger's Joker. And, that, um, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, something that works for me a lot is that Reeves did not just try to copy the Riddler, uh, the Joker's motives because he didn't have any. The Joker just wanted chaos. This Riddler wants something. That aspect, yeah. I don't want to get too into detail on that. He, there's something he wants and he makes that very, very clear. The Riddler, I mean, the Joker just wants to com- anarchy. So I, I love yeah. that this. They're both great, and but I love that the discrepancy between motives. Uh, Ryan, yeah. any thoughts? Um, I think he's uh, awesome Riddler. I mean, damn, just he was just leaving trophies away from being the damn Riddler to me. I joke. Uh-huh. I joked yesterday. I'm like, if we had to find Riddler trophies, we'd be watching. We'd still be watching the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, like he's that damn. He was that damn good. Like he was the Riddler. Like, yeah. I, Question for you guys then. Yeah. Does he know that Batman is Bruce Wayne? No, I don't think so. Because in the comics, he does know, but he doesn't tell anyone he plays dumb. Kind of just because, like, I think in his words in the comics is that what good is a riddle if everyone knows the answer? Um, So the only time I ever thought maybe he did know was when they find his apartment. And there's pictures of, like, Batman and Bruce Wayne. So you Mm -hmm. can kind of see that he's been doing this research for a very long time. That's the only time I thought of it. Uh, Jack, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing nothing crazy to add. I think he was phenomenal. Whenever I get a ballot for, like, best supporting actor for, like, next year's Critics Awards or whatever, I'm probably going to be putting Paul Dano. Same I, here. I, I, don't, I don't... They're going to need it. They're going to need to throw out five performances I like more, which at this point <laughs> might be kind of hard to do. Um, but, yeah, and then going further, uh, or going further on what you said about him you wanting more of him. The thing that's interesting about me with like I, how much I wanted more of the Riddler, how much I wanted more of the Penguin, I was cool with whatever the Penguin was on screen. Whatever the Riddler was on screen, like I wanted it, but then I was just like, oh no, oh no, oh no, what's yeah. going to happen? So it was like, anytime you'd be there like, oh yay, and then I'm just, the change would come and it was like, oh wait, someone's probably about to die. And so, um, his, uh, when, this is a bit of a spoiler. When he talks to his supporters Ooh. at the end of the movie, uh, a little too real. Got to say that. <laughs> um, yeah. Very real. But how timid he is. He's like, hello. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. He's mm-hmm. like, hi, guys. Um, it was very interesting how he was able to shift his persona for his followers and sure. continuously have control over everybody. Um until the end, which we'll talk about that. Uh, also, correct me if I'm wrong, fellas. I think this is the first time in any comic book movie where they out, outright say that this person is a serial killer. 
you've you've seen people say that like yeah. they never say the yeah. Joker is a serial killer. They Ooh. this is the first time they, that they've the ever... only one the only one that they might if they did it correctly, but I don't want to rewatch the movie to find out. Uh, let there be carnage because Cletus no, Cassidy. Never, I don't think Cletus I, Cassidy should be a serial killer, but I don't know if he was. I don't think they ever used the term serial killer. Then you're I think right, yeah. I think they say he's on death row or something like that, but I don't think they ever used the word serial killer. So it should very very interesting that they and they Love emphasize it a lot throughout the movie that he's a serial killer. All right, and then last two characters before we get into the text of the film: uh, Zoe Kravitz, Selena Kyle. Um, <sighs> damn. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. I don't want to say I can't I can't I can't disrespect my girl Michelle. I just I know, but, it's but, hard. but I know what you're but I know what you're thinking though. It's it's really close. <laughs> I think she is the best portrayal of the character in terms of the comic books because obviously we do not get possessed by cats and come back to life like mm-hmm. she does in Batman Returns, but um I yeah, I think she's perfect. I think Zoe yeah. is there is such a there's a confidence, there's charisma there's an a, a sex appeal the sex chem, appeal, the yeah. chemistry between her and pattinson is like come on man it's incredible that that chemistry because he's calling him vengeance i just love that <laughs> yeah i like that too um uh ryan thoughts on catwoman you guys said it best bet like pulled out of the comic straight onto the screen yeah i actually she going back to the noir. She's literally our femme fatale for the for this film. She pretty much nailed that that persona, and uh, I like that they brought in the long Halloween storyline because it gives her third act stakes. Sometimes with third acts yeah. with these side characters, they just happen to be there because they happen to be there. But with this, with Selena, I think she, there's purpose for her to be there towards the third act. Uh, Jack, thoughts on Selena? I'm a little upset because you took away the femme fatale point. I was Sorry, <laughs> but. Um, no, I re- I really liked her. I loved the simplicity of her cat costume because Selena Kyle isn't exactly like the richest person, and she's like a waitress at a mob bank or at a, at a mob like bar, so she's probably not going to be like the richest person in the world. So it's just being like a beanie with like a hole cut out. I really liked that. Um, but no, and then her chemistry with Pattinson was unreal. Anytime they were on screen, it was a lot of like witty, playful banter, but still like. Still grounded in that serious like tone of the story. Agree, and Leo. Yeah, honestly, I think she was the perfect combination of all the cat women because she had like the sleekiness. (laughs) 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 Oh man, I had an opportunity there, and I definitely dropped the ball. Uh, Yeah, no, because she was um, I like one of the first scenes we see her in the cat suit (laughs) is um when she goes outside of her apartment window and like uses like the fire escape to like acrobatically land. Oh shoot! Okay, then we see her cat burglaring skills, fantastic there too. But then when she starts fighting, and she—that's like the trifecta. Like, oh shoot! Okay, this cat woman can take care of herself. She can scratch people's faces as well. Yeah, um, I kind of like that in the look because she had the cat, the cat yeah. nails or whatever in between the gloves. I thought that was really a nice little touch. Um, and the whip. And the whip, of course. Yeah. All right, and then finally, um, I, I guess the guy that that the reason we're here, um. Robert Pattinson as the Batman. Um, I just want to say this for any casual out there that has been DMing me for the last four years and annoying the fuck out of me when I defend Robert Pattinson casting as Batman. 
It's over. I never want to hear it. It's over. It's over. Go do some homework. Watch his stuff. He is a great actor. He is not Twilight. People make mistakes. But you know what type of mistake Twilight was? A rich mistake because he became a superstar. I don't... It, it is just unreal that people don't lo- don't learn their lesson. Heath Ledger. Jack Nicholson. Jack. Not even Jack Nicholson. Michael Keaton. Well, Keaton. Keaton himself like, was it, like... It's, it's like... And even at, even just going a few years back, Ben Affleck, when he was cast as Batman, those movies are not good, but he's a good Batman. I never like as soon as Pattinson was signed on to the film because and Jack is more familiar with his his more indie role uh, ten year career. I was more interested in the project because Pattinson does not take stuff that doesn't need depth, and I think this is the best portrayal of the character. Pattinson is incredible. The fact that he said, "You know what? I'm going to be in the bat suit for eighty five percent of this film. I'm literally going to be Batman rather than just yeah. you know than just deal in." Outside the costume, which a lot of the guys do. Um, hold on, I didn't. Wa- I didn't want to miss anything here. Okay, um, the action set pieces with Batman were fantastic. I thought the hand-to-hand combat was better than the Nolan verse. I did want to add that what I hope to see in the future with the way the film ends, the way Gotham is in peril. Gotham doesn't need Batman. Gotham needs Bruce Wayne. And I mm-hmm. think that's where he in the next movie is where he's going to learn that he can battle Gotham as Bruce Wayne and battle Gotham as Batman. And I can I would love to see this quote unquote boardroom battle between Oz and Bruce Wayne in the next movie and just have his character develop more into who we know Bruce Wayne ultimately becomes. But in terms of Pattinson in this movie, it's I think it's perfection. Just the fact that this performance was more within the eyes than anything. And every time he was on the screen and he was looking at something, it was pur- purposeful. Yeah, I, I, I'll i let you guys rave about him because I I can't stop talking about how good Pattinson was. I'm going to leave Jack for last because I think he's the one that's more familiar with his work before this. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to you because I know all you knew was Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I fucking knew. No, 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 no. There was one other movie I knew. Harry Potter. Exactly, my good friend. Oh my God, he Cedric Diggory. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> Diggory was going to be on my list, so I didn't have to put Twilight. So I watched <laughs> um, no, he was excellent. He was Batman. He was the Dark Knight. He was the world's greatest detective. He was, you know, everything you know you want him to be. He was. Uh, he wasn't whiny. He didn't have gravelly voice <laughs> he didn't you know stop fighting you because... Josh we're trying to talk about Batman <laughs> he didn't, you know stop fighting because of the mother's name you know it's everything that we wanted in our Batman um but yeah no it's good stuff all around I really enjoyed it like Dave you said at Said it all best. Leo, what about you? Yeah, no. Um loved it loved this performance. Um definitely I, I I'm excited that like that I was challenged to look at his other work before so I could have a little bit better of idea of what Pattinson's capable of. Um I think it's underrated, but his bat voice was phenomenal. I think it was I agree. whispery, menacing, but not 
completely un- you couldn't understand what he was saying. And I think that's been a challenge with some of the Bale Batman performances. Um, his eyes were fantastic because this film really zoomed in on his eyes and like his emotions through his eyes were fantastic. Um, the Batsuit grew on me. I will be honest, but I think it's also year one, year two Batsuit. So there's still things that can happen to the Batsuit. I love his satchel. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that the battering is off the chest. Yeah, I like that, that too. That was dope. I didn't know it was functional. I knew it was like I knew people were were talking early before the film came out that it could have been made from the gun that killed his parents. But that's so seeing it be a it functional was. batarang is pretty dope. How he uses yeah. it to slice things up. Um, I love the fact that he um, like and this back back to his performance. Like I was off the line. I told David that. I think he is also the best iteration of Batman we've ever seen on screen. But his Bruce Wayne isn't there yet. Now, I know Dave said he loved his Bruce Wayne because he's a younger Bruce Wayne, still fumbling around trying to figure out how to be Bruce Wayne. But that's the point. I need to see him as a set-up, established Bruce Wayne to see if he can actually balance both. The suave, debonair, billionaire Bruce Wayne and this super dark, broody crime-fighting badass because he's got the badass part down he's got a little bit of like a moody teenager angsty feeling to his bruce right now but i really want to see him slick that hair back with some hair gel and like give me that like very clean cut billionaire bruce i think by i think by the next movie we're going to see who we saw in tenet that's the robert pattinson and that would be fantastic yeah uh jack what about you yeah, uh, I was going to save this point for later on, but since you were ending with that, I guess I'll go ahead and pick up where you left off. Um, I actually really liked him as Bruce Wayne. I think that while I agree that I would definitely, I'm excited to see how he ends up balancing his Batman persona and his Bruce Wayne persona. I I don't think we've ever really seen like a confused Bruce Wayne like we have, like, right, like we have now. So I wasn't really like thrown off by it. I kind of liked seeing this like, perspective of him trying to figure out who he actually is aside from just batman but yeah in terms of performance he, he's 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 already in the all-timers he's definitely already in the top three batmans order can definitely be determined but he's probably my favorite batman just based on what i've already seen and mm-hmm. i think by the end of his tenure he's gonna be the best without question yeah, if he's, he, start, if he's starting out like this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think his first initial outing is the best we've seen. Um, Keaton, I just like I mentioned off the line, I, I have a thirty plus year relationship with Keaton. Uh-huh. That's the only reason. <laughs> I don't want to get a divorce. I love him. So like right now we're still like really close. So we have a thirty. The other, yeah, the go other ahead. Really small thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, I just remembered this. Um, I love I love that he would like have eye makeup on when he would take yes. off yes. like that because there I, I don't remember which movie specifically batman returns i know exactly what you're talking about yep 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 yep, yep. there like you can see like he's got the eye circles and then it cuts and then they're, they're gone yep. the continuity thing, yep. that i was, all, I was just kind of like oh that's a nice touch that's not necessary but i'm glad they actually have continuity yeah i agree uh yeah this is a great performance and i can't wait for other folks to hopefully dive into more of his work because I think the guy is such one of the best actors working today. Uh, and then I think this is when Ryan takes a seat because we're going to talk the tech aspects of the film relatively quick. <laughs> All right. Um, 
So, Jack, I, I need you to answer. Greg Frazier and, and Giacchino, they didn't have to go this hard, did they? No, like, they didn't. Like, Frazier's um, about well, to win an Oscar in a few weeks. Well, my, well, Michael Giacchino, it doesn't surprise me considering he turned in, like, Up, a the Incredible. Bond-esque score for The Incredibles. Yeah. So, seeing him go off for that definitely doesn't surprise me to go off as hard as he did here, but already with conversations about is this the new definitive Batman theme? It, yeah, I mean he's re- he's rarely making that good argument. But my, my takeaway with the score, I mean, I think this is probably one of the best scores I've heard in a very, very, very long time. Yes. Um, it's essentially uh, the way I feel about Gotham City. One of the best parts of the movie that I forgot to mention. I guess we could talk about the production design here and the tech aspects. Is that for the first time I'm watching a Batman movie and it doesn't feel like a soundstage. It doesn't feel like New York. It doesn't feel like Chicago like or Chicago. Pittsburgh. Yep. It feels like mm-hmm. Gotham City, and yeah. that should be laid at the found at, at the feet of the production design and the cinematography greg frazier i mean his work in dune what he did with dune i thought was some of the best cinematography i've seen in a long time and then he just pulls off what he does with batman and i'm like my god he's on a roll and this is this is a guy that is no stranger to great films he shot zero dark 30 he shot um reeves has let me in so he has done great work before but he's just on a like roll these last two years just my god putting it out and then with giacchino i mean I think th- when I first heard the theme, it reminded me a little bit of the Imperial March. Mm-hmm. And I think that all he, he uses that menacing theme to introduce Batman. Also, I think he blends in a lot of Zimmer and Elfman's themes very well. It feels like a good hybrid for a theme for the Batman. But the overall score feels like another character in a movie as opposed to... Yes. I think Elfman's score is very good. It's excellent. But the th- bat march is what you take away with the Giacchino score. I think there you have the Riddler's theme, you have the Ave Maria blended into the mm-hmm. score. You have Batman theme, you have Catwoman's theme, you have the Penguin theme. You have that high. I think it's called Highway to the Anger Zone for the for the uh the Batman scene. Everything fits perfectly, and I think Giacchino. This is I think this is Giacchino's best score, and I mean Up won the Oscar, and I know I'm, I may be blasphemous for saying this, but I think this is. On par. I'm not going to say it's better than Up, but I think it's on par with Up in terms of like his best score. Uh, Leo, thoughts on L score? Yeah, it's amazing, man. It's funny because Giacchino, I'll be honest, I didn't I, – I can't call back like, okay, what are his iconic themes, right? Up, fantastic film, but I haven't memorized the score like that. So that's on me. But when I found out that he's also responsible for Lost and the theme from The Constant on Lost – which is one of the most remarkable episodes of that show in, in general in TV. Um, like, it hit. It hit. And I realized, oh, this guy is really fantastic at hitting those emotional chords at the perfect time. Um, his strings are fantastic. And I think that's why, in, in, in this in this one at least, my favorite is the funeral. The music yeah. that's played, played during the funeral. And the strings on that are just beautifully woven in. Um yeah, look, the, the Bat March is going to be the quintessential Batman theme. And then the fact that it was taken into the Batman animated series gave it long-lasting capabilities. Um, but as far as an overall score beginning to end, this is possibly my favorite one. And that's a lot, too, because, I mean, we're also talking about Hans Zimmer with, with Nolans. And that's not that's not easy to beat, either. No, it's but not, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. I love the score. I think you're describing it as another character is 
definitely how I feel about it too. And then the G before we go into Jack here, I think the Giacchino thing too. He's also the first composer to score a Star Wars movie not named John Williams. So people forget what about that. What did he the, do? Rogue, Rogue One? Rogue One, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack, thoughts on the Greg Frazier and Giacchino? So, I mean, Greg Frazier, obviously incredible. I can't. I hope he's the constant DP across all three movies, um, mm-hmm. especially if we're already seeing what he can do now. Um, and then for Michael Giacchino, there's nothing I can really add aside from probably the best two notes of music used in a movie yes. since Jaws. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, I agree. And uh, do you put it up there with Up, Jack? I know Up. Um, I think I think Up is his like masterpiece. Sure. Um, my my favorite of his is probably The Incredibles. Yeah. Um, oh, work. Yeah. Just, I I guess that's also kind of just goes by the fact that I like Incredibles more as a movie more than I like Up, but. Yeah, I would definitely put it up there with those two. It, it's funny I, we're it's funny we're talking Batman, and I literally just got a trailer for the new DC League of Super Pets from from my Warner Brothers publicist. Like, <gasps> oh, hey. I, I, I saw that trailer in theaters. Yes. It it made me laugh more than I thought. Yeah, it would. I am actually looking forward to funny. it. Like Dave, I wanted to put it on our list. I'm like, I don't know, this Batman from this trailer might also make. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. But yeah, sorry to cut you off, Jack. What were you gonna add? Um. I think I was just about done. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Um, everything else, I mean, I think what makes a movie a masterpiece for me is everything just fits in. Every aspect fits in perfectly. And I think with this movie, if you want to nitpick, maybe you can nitpick at like the Lord of the Rings style four endings because the movie kind of goes on for 35 minutes after they capture the Riddler. But I think it's with reason. And without that, we don't get that. That Greg Frazier scene, that Greg Frazier shot with him leading the, the people out of the water when Batman with the flat with the flare. When he's like the red, the overhead right, the shot. with the overhead, the overhead shot, shot. come yeah. on, yeah. man, come on, yeah. And, like it's not, it's, um, it's not even fair. Will, the one thing I will add about the production design, which is one of my few nitpicks with, or really my only nitpicks with Dark Knight, and it's just like watching like the really cool, like chase street or chase scenes on the street. And I've got family and friends in Chicago, so I've been there a few times. It's just really jarring to see, like, a big sign on the front of a building that says, like, North LaSalle Drive, when, like, I'm just like, that's Chicago. It kind of <laughs> takes me out in a little bit, whereas the Batman is just, like, it doesn't feel like anything. It feels like Gotham. Yeah. Like 100% created. To, coast, to, to co-sign what you said about the Dark Knight, um, the scene that always distracts me from it not being Gotham is the truck scene, when the truck flips over. Yeah, that's what I was talking and, about. Yeah, and it's... And and it it says Chicago National Bank. It says it on the left hand side Mm -hmm. when he's walking, Uh, and I'm like, ah, god damn it! I mean, you know, you can't be all perfect, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, and then some theories, and then some Oscar talk. Now Ryan can come back for this one. Um, Oh yay! Now we can talk about the scene at the end with. uh, Oh yeah. So Barry Keegan is the Joker. He's our new Joker, and um. I've seen the scene twice. I I can't say I disliked it. I was just like, what? Like, we've done the Joker so many. We've had four Jokers this century. So it's did it did it kickstart? Was the first of them Heath Ledger? Was he like the steamroll that kind of began the trend of Jokers? Because yeah. we had Leto, and then we had 
Joaquin, Joaquin and then now with this. Yeah, Ledger was the first in 08. And so actually, if you really look at it, it's a even smaller gap because it's four Jokers in 14 years. So I I hope that wouldn't be the Joker. I still think we can, there's a world where we get Court of Owls here. But yes. in terms because of... I, from what I've heard, the cast and I think Matt Reeves have like teased and actually are like excited. Or like they they want to do the Court of Owls, so I hopefully we can get some yeah. like nepotism and bias from the inside. I agree. Uh, the notes that I have on the jo- on on the Joker that kind of shifted my perception of it is Matt Reeves did an interview. So I spoke to a friend of the show, friend of a uh, member of League of Cinephiles on Yolo, and we, we were just chatting about his issues with, and he was talking about so the Joker's in jail, but who put him there? Like. The fact that Batman is not the one that put him there, Matt Reeves has confirmed it yeah. was Batman that put him in jail. Batman has already interacted the Joker in his first years of action. The Joker has a birth defect on his face that he can't stop smiling in similar fashion to the original inspiration of the Joker, which is the silent film, The Man Who Laughs. Uh, the Joker is also a serial killer, but he's not fully fledged the Joker yeah. as of yet. So it makes sense that the Batman would catch him with ease because he really mm-hmm. hasn't developed that clown pin- prince of crime. Um, I'm going to be. F- yeah, I'm going to trust hear- Matt. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Did you hear about the deleted scene that was like, I guess there's like a scene where Batman's going in to talk to the Joker to help him catch the Riddler. So like Silence and of I- the Lambs. Yeah, and exactly. They were going to use like a Hannibal Lecter type thing. And I remember that one of the things he says to him, he's like, oh, it's almost our anniversary, isn't it? Um, I, hope that's on, old, like, I hope that's on the Blu-ray. <laughs> kind of want to see that now. <laughs> yeah, I was um, like, oh, shoot. Cause, and it, that, that was supposed to be the moment where you get hammered in. Oh, they know each other. Rookie Batman was the one that put him in there. From... And it kind of makes sense why they they feel like they're destined to be with each other forever. Because if he was his first capture, maybe that's kind of like where that mentality comes from um i like barry keegan as an actor so i'm actually if yeah. anyone that hasn't seen this movie a killing of a sacred deer that kind of captures like how creepy he can possibly Ooh. be um i do think in that scene it captures how manipulative and how controlling the joker really is because he pretty much turned the, the riddler into his pawn uh mm-hmm. towards the end uh which leads into a theory and a rumored casting that i want to get your thoughts on with the joker conversation uh, it's been rumored, it came out yesterday, that Anya Taylor-Joy has been rumored to be cast as Harley Quinn in this version of the Batman. Hmm. I love Anya, so I think she's fine. But my theory that I wanted to get your touch on is, I have a feeling that we're not getting Harley Quinn as Harley Quinn. I think we're getting Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Yes. And she is going to become Harley Quinn with her eventually helping um, Joker escape from Arkham. So I'll start that theory and I'll kick it off to Leo. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- so I love I love that a bit more. And honestly, I I love the your your hesitance to Joker, right? Because it's like it's I think it's when you get like a box of toys, you always want to play with the most popular toys. Like, oh, let me just I got Batman and I get Joker. Let me play with them. Mm-hmm. I do believe Reeves has a vision, and that probably Joker won't be touched until film three. Like I. Yeah, we got a little bit of a taste of it here. We may get like a visual cameo in two, but like I don't think he's gonna be like an impatient toddler and just give us Joker in the second movie. Um, mm-hmm. No offense to Nolan and what happened in in the Dark Knight, but I do believe that Reeves is gonna long game this and give it to us later on. I think two is gonna be more Court of Owlsy, 
Scarecrow, yes. maybe even you know, possibly a dark version of Mister Freeze. But um, but I don't think he's gonna just go right into Joker right away. He's gonna tease us a little foreplay, little foreplay. I like foreplay. I do. Uh, <laughs> as as shout out to our buddy Helmer who runs the League of Cinephiles. Uh, if they hold off, it'll maybe cream my knickers, as he says. Um, <laughs> Ryan, what are your thoughts on the Joker? Um, I'm all for it. Um, uh, I know, like, I agree with your take, Dave. I do, like, you know, like, it is maybe getting to the point where it's too much. But still, give it to me. <laughs> See, I don't know. Like I, I just I'm so hesitant with seeing the Joker again. Like I trust I Reeves. I it's just how I feel about that last Joker. Like I... that is my No my go ahead. Feeling. Um and, but... and what are your thoughts on the Harley Quinn stuff? It's gone... Because if you shit on seeing no, Harley I'm Quinn not... again after saying let's get our fourth Joker <laughs> oh, I like that idea a lot. No, I love that idea. All right. And if, and if they don't do that idea, then uh, well, they're idiots. I just because I, I do want to see Harley Quinn as a villain because we haven't seen that yet. Technically, yeah. we really haven't seen her as a villain yet, which that's yeah. kind of what I want to see. And Jack. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the on the um, holding off of the Joker. I, I love I love the Joker, but again, I I feel like. With somebody as capable and somebody who is as willing to dig deep into the mm-hmm. comics and to the lore and to find somebody like unique to maybe make that maybe make this new film out of, I feel like it would be kind of a cop out to to go with the Joker on movie two, especially with by the way he by the way it's kind of getting set up. We could have like four or five villains in the third movie and having the Joker be the one to lead it all so mm-hmm. i think i think people definitely want the joker and i think it would be so smart of him to just play with that desire and make us wait until movie three and if you guys have seen his planet of the apes movie he has no problem making you yeah. wait for stuff so mm-hmm. I, I am perfectly fine with that uh one thing i forgot to mention before well go ahead right i'm sorry i don't know why but like when i was watching especially after the flood and everything I got the feeling that in the next movie we're getting Ivy. I don't get that at all. Um, I don't know. Oh, maybe because it's like, I mean, national. I mean, yeah, I guess you would care about the environment after yeah. that crazy flood. The one thing I wanted to touch with Leo was something that he mentioned off the line. Yes. I hope this doesn't happen because it, I I trust Freeze, but I don't think he'd be able to. This character is hard, man. This it's a hard character to get. But go ahead, I'll let you take over. Yeah. So I was geeking out during the movie at the mention of the reporter when. So remember the the video that gets played about the Arkham family and the Wayne family. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of the reporter that Thomas gets killed. His last name Elliot, and the only other Elliot that's pretty big hitter in the, when it comes to Batman and DC is Hush. And during the mm. entire the, the entire video, when there's a picture of the reporter, Riddler writes out the word Hush exclamation point right on that little snippet. So it's I mean it might be heavy handed. It might be one of those things that Reeves did just for like people like to a, geek out and yeah. start speculating yeah. now and stay away from it, but. The reporter being named Elliot, the word hush, my immediate theory was maybe 
the son of the reporter that Thomas Wayne had killed is Hush. So Thomas Elliot, and then comes back and is orchestrating this all behind the scenes, which means he led Riddler in part one, probably manipulating the quarter or involved with the court of owls in movie two, eventually Arkham breakout for part three with the Joker. But I think that there are some breadcrumbs. If you choose to follow them, that's on you. Um, but yeah, the Elliot mention and the word hush on the newspaper was what I was like, is that where we're going here? Interesting. Uh, it would be, I'd be interested to see his, his version of hush. It'd just be a hard one. Um, and then last one before we finish up on the, um, our rankings here, the, for something I mentioned, forgot to mention with Batman that I want to touch on was the fact that he actually showed that he was scared to do something. Like when he actually put on that bat wing thing mm-hmm. he, he was like he almost didn't go off immediately exactly he was like it, it, it looked like he was thinking oh shit am i really about to jump off a building <laughs> uh, yeah, I put that in my notes like fear of heights this yeah. batman is afraid mm-hmm. of flying <laughs> uh, so yeah that wraps up the conversation on the batman this has been a great conversation on the movie itself uh, obviously all of us loved it i don't particularly yeah. think that any of us disliked it now oscar wise it's very early. We haven't even gone through this one, so I don't want to start with this conversation. Yes. For, actually, cool, because I have both Jack and you here. So, yes. I mean, I, I want to make to take advantage of this. Um, obviously, we would love for this to be in an, an Oscar player. February movies? Is that a thing? Yeah, Black Panther. <laughs> well, before Black yeah. Panther. Get out. Black, Get Black out. Change things. Get out. <laughs> Get out okay. of February. It, it's, it's possible, but it's hard. It's hard. You, okay. You've got... You, you, yeah, it seems based on those two that we named, it seems like it's the big money makers that are released early in the year that can hang on and yeah. still be relevant. Pretty much, over. pretty much like before, like Jack and I kind of dive into what we think will happen. I think that um, the movie has to do two things and it already accomplished one. It's certified at eighty five percent on RT. It has three hundred and two positive reviews as opposed to fifty two negative reviews. So that aspect, we're good. We're done here. Okay. Yeah, the box office they need to make a billion dollars. Like I don't think it needs it can make less than a billion dollars for what, this. What's do you know what it's at right now? Uh, I think I know it, it got like twenty five on Thursday. Alone. So I think it's projected domestic one thirty and then global. I think three hundred or two fifty or three hundred or something along the over two hundred. I so it's off to a good start. And what I've noticed is that since we had a lot of replay, because all of us, I mean, I've already seen it. I'm going to see it three times. You yep. would have seen it. Three uh, twice, so it does have replay value. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the way I do my predictions a year in advance, and right now I have it in my ten in my year in advance predictions because I have it in score, I have it yes. in cinematography, I have it in production design, I have it in sound, I have it in makeup and hairstyling, and I have it in costumes. That's six. If you're gonna yeah, have, I'll... go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna say, I, just to tack on to those categories, I was sitting there, I was. As I was watching it both times, I was like weighing in my head Oscar possibilities, and I was like, I think it's going to be a big tech player, but I don't think it's going to be visual effects. No, not visual I effects. Think, I think it could hit everywhere else, but miss, miss visual effects. So honestly, it's very... but, but fantastic on visual effects, though, going practical on a lot of this stuff, which I apply. I agree. That's true. And you never know, Jack, with the Academy nowadays, how they mm-hmm. just get the minimalistic visual effects. You never know. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I don't think that's in play. But the fact that I have six techs in play, mm-hmm. if you are doing Oscar predictions and you have techs that are over five in play, 
you have to put it in picture. Like it Nightmare Alley got in with three. So. Yeah, there's no way. Like when I was doing my Dune, when Dune first came out, I had it in like I had eleven nominations and it landed ten with that. Don't talk about director, but um, <laughs> uh, the fact that it got the ten nominations, all those texts, I'm like, it has to get best picture. So yeah. a lot of things have to work in its favor. Certain movies have to fall that we think may be good, but I there's a world that it happens. That's kind of like the where I I will land. There is maybe, a world. May, maybe some voters see it as a way to possibly right the wrong of 14 years ago. Yep. I mean, the Oscar changed because of The Dark Knight, no matter what anyone says. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Oscars never were the same again after they snubbed The Dark Knight for the reader and all that other garbage that was in that <laughs> in, in, in that five. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll see it next year. I don't think it's winning Best Picture. Do not. That's n- yeah. The nomination will be the reward. The same way with Joker, the same way with Black Panther. And honestly, like, I, Ryan, cover your ears. This is a better movie than Joker. This is, like, leaps and bounds a better Agreed. movie than Joker. Agreed. Yeah. I, there's no this, right? <laughs> Joker Look, Joker's book for me... No, and that's fine. But I'm talking yeah. about, like, in the craft of filmmaking, I have seen it multiple times now, and I've kind of disconnected myself from the prisoner of the moment mentality i had in 2019 i think it's still one of the best dc films ever made and you'll and like but i also think that it has a lot of middle of the film flaws that hurt the movie's pacing and the movie is two hours and five minutes but sometimes it does feel like it drags a little bit longer than it should i do like the movie i love everything joaquin does in that movie and it's one of my favorite oscar wins but i also am more on the I'm being more with 2020 hindsight. I can actually see the flaws more openly than I am with this. The only thing I w- would see as a flaw is the Alfred stuff and the, um, the, maybe the overstretching of the ending, but that that's, that's about it. But yeah, no, I, I love Joker. Don't get me wrong, but no, I know. Yeah. I know you love it. Um, but yeah, that wraps up the Oscar conversation. I hope that we come back next year and we can actually just be happy that it's the best picture nominee. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, all right, and then we'll finish off with our rankings. I will start off by doing the ranking of Batman non-Batman performances. Um, and I definitely threw a curveball that I know you guys do not have, so this is going to be a fun one. Um, I'm going to start with Ryan because there's no way he's going to have one for this, and it's going to maybe he does, maybe he'll pick this up quick. Ryan, outside of Batman '66, what is your favorite Adam West performance? <laughs> Mayor West, family. Damn it. Yep, yep, God damn yep, it. That's you got it. Well done. <laughs> well done. Well done. I, I, I threw that curveball and I'm like, oh my God, I wonder if he's going to say the right one. Good stuff, wow. Ryan. Um, all right. Now let's get serious here. Um, I'll start with, with Jack on this one. Michael Keaton, what is your favorite non Batman performance? Well, when I was asking you for clarification of. Like what a good pick for that would be. That was also my pick. I do think it's Birdman. Bird Birdman is definitely my favorite. I I really like Eddie Redmayne in the Theory of Everything. It was a fine Oscar win had he not have been there. Because I think that it's also pretty funny that they chose him for this specific character, seeing as the whole Batman. The real life the real life par- parallels were a little a little too accurate. Yeah, um, I agree. But I, I rewatched it earlier this year, and I I just thought he was on fire the entire yeah. way through. It's one of those performances, because it's mine as well. That and Night Shift. I want to give some love to Night Shift, because I think he's really mm-hmm. hilarious in Night Shift. But Birdman, is he's just on another level there. 
it's just weird that Birdman won so many Oscars and he said the one that you're going to not give the award to is the guy that really led the film. It's very interesting. But yeah, Birdman's yeah. mine. Uh, R- Leo, what do you have for Keaton? Yeah. Birdman? Birdman? I had Birdman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan, I know you throw curveball, so just give us Jack Frost. No, I got Homecoming. Oh, you stayed in comic book films. Okay, cool, cool. Kudos. <laughs> All right. Um, next up is Val Kilmer, and there's only one right answer, fellas. There's only one right answer. I do not accept any other answers, but the right answer. Ryan, I'm going to kick it off with you. He. Very good. Very good. Leo, Sorry, what? A... Buddy. I, I'm gonna, what is yeah. he better in than Heat? Are you going to say he's better? You said favorite. Oh, I... you're going to use Top Gun. I'm going. I'm going with Doc Holiday and Tombstone. Oh, man. okay. No, no, no mm. hate on that. No hate on that. That's a good. That's a good film. I'll He's be, really good in that. I'll be. Your I want to be your Huckleberry, bro. Come on, <laughs> Jack. What about you? Uh, I also have Heat, but I'm going to throw some love to the Doors because I thought Ooh. that he was a very good pick to play Jim Morrison. I agree. Bravo. Very good performance in a very bad movie. Is is what? Yeah, I mean. yeah. I, I I wish that movie was better because I think that's. Could he have one? It's one of the bands that I think just has a really interesting story, and I think that they deserve a really good biopic. Unfortunately, they didn't really get it, but Val Kilmer was good. Could so. he? Could he have one, or could he have one, or was that the Hopkins year? Was that ninety one? I think that was like ninety three. I feel like that was like ninety three or ninety one. Let me check. Yeah, and then while Jack is looking it up, Heat is obviously it for me. I think he's fantastic yeah. in that movie. But that's just like, but that's a, I, I totally forgot about Tombstone, Leo. That's a really good pick too. It, it was ninety one. So oh yeah, yeah, no shot, no, no shot. shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have George Clooney. I think this is a str- easy answer. I think. I, I maybe I, I, don't think, I don't think I think I'm gonna alone here. So I'll your, your I'll kick it off. So I went with up in the air. Oh, we are differing. We're different in this. Almost one, had yeah. that. Okay, so yeah, I I think this is his best performance, uh, and also pro- and my favorite performance of his career. So I'm gonna go with that. Leah, what do you have? Honestly, man, when I think George Clooney, I still think Danny Ocean and Ocean's Eleven. No, so I'm going. Yeah, don't hate that. What about you, Ray? Same Ocean's Eleven. Jack, what do you got here? Don't say um, Descendants, please. I'm not going to say The Descendants. Um, it's actually another movie that was released in 2009 with Up in the Air. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yo, Ooh, that's I, a good one. Yes, that's I, excellent. I, that was a beautiful casting choice. That whole cast, it, it's one that each time I watch it, I'm just kind of go like, yeah, they really did a good job with casting this one. Oh, yeah, it's one of my favorite, one of my favorite I, I, Wes I really Anderson films. I really want need to do another Wes Anderson because he, he's got the great, he's got a really good monotone voice for that kind of humor. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's a very good pick. Next up, we have Christian Bale. I would, he's so diverse with his performances. I think we're all going to be different here. Uh, I'm going to go with the performance that introduced me to Christian Bale, and I still think it's one of his best. That's Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. I think, you know, yes, he won an Oscar for The Fighter, but I remember him mostly, and I think he's so incredible in American Psycho as Patrick Bateman. So I went with that. Jack, do you shook your head? Do you agree? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, while I don't have the same amount of love for the movie itself that a lot of people do, um, I just I just didn't find it the most entertaining movie, but he definitely carried that movie head, shoulders, knees, and toes. And honestly, I think his Bruce Wayne is a little bit Patrick Bateman. Oh, yeah, yeah, his Bruce Wayne absolutely. specifically. Uh, Leo, what do you got for, for So Bale? yeah, I went American Psycho for Bale, to be honest. Oh. That was, that... Are we going to sweep? What do you have, Rye? I went uh, The Fighter. 
Okay, mm-hmm. so you were with, okay. yeah, no hate on that. That's a great performance as well. I'm glad no one went vice. Kind of, kind of thought about American American Hustle for a minute. Oh, I really liked that. him. I really liked him in that movie. And then this, I can't imagine any of us have the same one here for Ben Affleck. Armageddon. We are. We're all going Armageddon on this. Right? No, <laughs> but you know what's funny? I'm gonna leave Ryan for last because he's gonna, he's gonna say something ridiculous, and so I'm gonna say. The Bomber Phantoms, yo. <laughs> um, <laughs> Leo, what do you got here for Ben? So honestly, for 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 Ben Affleck, I'll go Prisoner of the Moment. I'm gonna go with Tender Bar. I think I think in Tender Bar, it's a fantastic, very heartfelt role mm-hmm. for him. I, I I like it. I like. It. I know I, it's just the newest one, but I I that's the one I like. I do most. like Tender Bar a lot. Jack, what do you have here? Um, yeah, Ben Affleck was always one of the actors that I honestly never really loved as a leading man. I always loved him as a supporting actor, um, and so I picked Goodwill Hunting for him. I just nice. really loved his role as being a supportive friend for Matt Damon, who's kind of just unsure of himself. And even though he's hanging out with like not a great crowd and not a great city, he's definitely like his emotional support and that tough guy with the heart of gold. So. Definitely my favorite performance of his. I went with Gone Girl. Um, oh, yep, almost had that. Yeah, so I think it's probably. I agree with Jack a hundred percent about him being a leading man. Yeah. Uh, I I prefer his supporting roles, but he's been kind of doing really good stuff leading lately with the Way Back, and then Gone Girl was kind of the first iteration of like he him. Did Armageddon, it. baby? Armageddon was his high. <laughs> Stop it! I hate that movie so much. <laughs> Um, and I don't even know where you're going, Ryan. Uh, I'm gonna guess Mall Rats. Go ahead. You're close. Chasing Amy. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Very good. All right. Respectable. Okay. Yeah. I. I. Um. I was. I was worried. I really thought you were going Mall Rats because I'm like. That... I was gonna go Bartleby. I, 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 I thought I was gonna go with Bartleby and Dogma. <laughs> oh, that's another good one. All right. Yeah. That's a good one. Mall Rats is such a very bad, not bad performance, but it is not age well because he no. essentially. He is essentially a child molester. So, um, all right, and then finally, Robert Pattinson. Uh, who's... We'll probably be selecting from like one of two. Probably. Yeah, I think. yeah. So it's good time for me. Leo, what do you got? Honestly, I went how to be. I loved him as art. Like it was just so un. And it's funny because it's like compared to like the other roles he's done and like his, his selections and roles and him being Batman now was a little bit more like macho. But looking at him as like this unsure teenager that's not very popular, not very good, doesn't know who he is, like doesn't know where he fits in. Like the hair, the way he's standing, I really, really love them and as art in how to be. Ryan? I have a uh, goblet of fire because there's no fucking way I was doing Twilight. <laughs> oh, because you haven't seen anything else. You're right. All right. Jack, do you have the rover? I do not. I I, I was narrating one of his two late A24 movies. Ah, I yes. almost went with The Lighthouse, but then if Willem Dafoe wasn't my favorite part in that movie, I would have gone with that. So I am going with Good Time too. I just think that that was probably the movie that he really began to hone his acting skills. I agree. And finally began to begin to get rid of that tarnished name that he had thanks to the Twilight mm. series. Um, and I just love how like deranged his character is throughout that whole runtime. How just as, as things continually get worse for him, you can just see him continually just like go over the edge. Yeah, and, I, and that's it, it, it. Definitely, 
it, it, it also, I, I loved it a lot because I'm such a huge fan of After Hours. So oh, I was yes, Jack. I was very happy. I love the Safdie Brothers movies as long as they want to keep taking influence from After Hours. Um, but no, I think he's incredible in Good Time and The Lighthouse. When we do an After so, Hours podcast, I think it's just going to be me and you, Jack, because I don't think anyone else likes After uh, Hours as much you as you do. bring Helmer on, too. Oh, he's a good, good, Helmer good, good. Yeah. Um, and for for me, yeah, like I mentioned, it was good time. I think he's he's fantastic. So yeah, that wraps up our favorite performances of our Batman. And then to finish up the podcast, our bat rankings. We're not gonna go one by one because we've been here for almost two hours, and you guys have su- <laughs> you guys have lives on Sundays. So I'm going to just rank them off until our top five for me. So number sixteen is the Suicide Squad. Oh, Suicide Squad, not the okay. Suicide Squad. Yeah, I was, I was Sorry like, about that. Uh, number 15 is uh, Justice League. Ah. Number 14 is the theatrical cut of Batman v Superman. My number 13 is Batman 66. My number 12 is Batman Forever. My number 11 is Batman and Robin. My number 10 is the Lego Batman movie. My number nine is the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman, the director's cut. So because if we can rank Ridley Scott director's cuts, we can definitely do that with Snyder here. My number eight is The Dark Knight Rises. My number seven is Batman Returns. And my number six is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. So it recent rewatch i have i unfortunately didn't see it on this rewatch of stuff i watched my number five but it's essentially a, a toss-up between five and six um leo what about you what do you have from your 16 so to five? To, uh, you you have 16 i have 15 so when i did ba- yeah i did, we, I did batman i did batman v superman the theatrical and the director's cut okay that makes sense all right so number 15 suicide squad number 14 justice league <laughs> Number 13, I have David's favorite, Batman and Robin. (laughs) Way too low. Number 12, Dawn of Justice. Number 11, Batman 66. Number 10, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, you really hate that movie. (laughs) Number 9, Batman Forever. You have Dark Knight Rises under Batman Forever? (laughs) Hell yeah, I do. Oh my god, Number 8, the Lego Batman movie. Number seven, Mask of the Phantasm. Number six, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And that's it. Stop at six. And that's it. Yep. Ryan, what about you? All right. Uh, Justice League, BVS Original, Lego Batman, Batman Forever. Wait, what do you have? Suicide Squad. Oh, Suicide Squad is over at the bottom. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Yo, Dave, I was I'm, like, I was, I, getting, I was getting nervous. Lego Batman movie. Where's the Suicide Squad? <laughs> I forgot about Suicide Squad. I didn't have it on here because I didn't. I apologize. Um, BVS Director's Cut. After Batman. Um, wait, hold on. What was the last thing I said after, before that? Lego Batman movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped one. Batman Forever. Okay. Uh, BVS Director's Cut. Batman and Robin. Number nine, Batman 66. Number eight, Dark Knight Rises. Number seven, Batman Begins. Number six, okay. Batman Returns. Alrighty, uh, Jack. I know you didn't do all. I'm not sure if you did everything, but do you have any any comments on the rankings or what you would move? Um, 
nothing that I would not, nothing that I would like hard be like, oh, that goes lower or that goes higher. Yeah, I am glad that two of you three have not mentioned one movie yet, which I have in my top five, which I did write out. So all right, great. I've, so <laughs> I will kick. Actually, no, since you didn't, you don't have a. You can kick off your top. Do your five through two. Five through two. All right. Yep. So number five, I have The Dark Knight Rises. Number four, I have Batman '89. Yes. And this is my pick that Dave has with his Tim Burton Batman. Batman '66. Oh my God, Jack! <laughs> wow. <laughs> that that, oh that was God, Jack. That I, yeah, we we can talk about that one more and Some... have fun with this one. Number two, The Dark Knight. Oh my God, Jack! Please don't hurt me like this. Um, it's not a, it's a conversation to be had for another <laughs> yeah. podcast. Um, yeah. so it's a good conversation. We could do a deeper dive on both movies to see what could pair contrast, but we, you have actually a good method, like a good strategy you have to decipher which you prefer more. So I appreciate that. Um, Leah, what about you? Five through two, five Batman begins Four Batman returns three, the dark Knight. three, who I went the Batman. You guys are all like the Riddlers here. I'm just going crazy here. Ryan, what about you? Number five, Mask of the Phantasm. Number four, Snyder Cut. Number three, 89. And number two, the Batman. For me, number five, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number four, Batman Begins. Number three, Batman 1989. Uh, actually, let's put it like this. 1C, Batman 1989. <laughs> 1B, The Batman. And then my number one is The Dark Knight. I, it's, 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 it's too hard right now. Yeah. It is, there's, like I said, The Batman is the greatest Batman movie of all time. The Dark Knight, I think, is a better film. So, uh, Leo, uh, Oh, yo, it's 89. Okay, never mind. It's okay. 89, right, dude. You, you can't. I mean, look. Yeah, sorry like, about that. Yes. Dark Knight is a greater film. My only thing about the Dark Knight versus the Batman, because look, the Bat- 89 is always going to be number one. I'm sorry to tell you this. We do this list in 10 years. It's going to be number one again. Um, no, but between the Dark Knight and the Batman, I feel like Ledger's performance, by all means, is immortal, right? Number one. But if I think about the films back to back, back to back, I remember more Batman in The Batman. <laughs> I remember more Heath Ledger Joker in The Dark Knight. Oh, so um, good point. I, I chose I chose to go with The Batman as my number two because I, I feel like there's just there's so much more Batman in that and memorable Batman at that. And Ryan, you said The Dark Knight, right? Is your number yeah. one? All right, cool. And then Jack, yours was The Batman. All right, that wraps everything up for this week. This was a nice jam-packed two-hour episode, probably the longest we've done in a very long time, but it was definitely well worth it. Uh, Jack, I will will be back in two weeks when we do our final Academy Award predictions, where we will all yell at each other for two hours and hopefully be <laughs> hopefully most of us be right. Ryan and Leo will be back in April, actually, so you guys get a Woo! nice little nice little break. Um, be back for chasing Amy. Yeah, that actually it will be the next episode that you guys are back for 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 chasing Amy. So, uh, Jack, do you want to plug anything before we go? 
Um, nothing in particular. Be sure to check out the League of Cinephiles on YouTube and the Critics Circle on Instagram. For sure. And then uh, Jack and I host sometimes on the League of Cinephiles. Jack is the, as I mentioned on there, he is the John Madden to my Pat Summerall. So uh, we have a great time hosting together. And thank you for being on. Ryan and Leo, as always, thank you for being on. Until next time, see you at the movies, kids. Mm-hmm.